0: Well, it's a rare weekend where it's just me, no Justin, no Brian, I get to rip on Justin just the service because the other one's live streamed. Uh, beginning of the week, he's like, don't worry, I'll be there, you know, to do all the stuff. And then he's like, oh, just, or Talon has a baseball game, okay, and he's like, I'll be there for part, part of the services, you know, it's cool, and then I get an email Thursday, Friday, he's like, yeah, I'm not coming. Uh, and he's going to his son's baseball tournaments, which was like, go, you know, like it's it's rare either. That's a really I think it's a good thing, like, he trusts me to do this all, all, all alone. Uh, but my name is Joe. I am the next-gen pastor here at Fieldstone. So, basically, I see a lot of the middle school, high school, and, and college groups, uh, and that type of things. And, and we're heading into summer. we got summer camp coming up. I am super pumped for that. Um, and it's, it's weird. I was reflecting this week. I've actually done, like, a, 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 I've been in youth ministry for, like, 15-plus years which is crazy to think about. I've done, whatever, 13, 14 summer camps. And uh, one specific summer camp kind of stands out to me was, it was early on, really early, early in, probably like... Oh. 10, 12 years ago, and we just get the camp, and we have all these high school boys, they're all trying to figure out their cabin, and you know, like, go get in, settle in, do all that type of stuff, and uh, one of the high school boys comes running to me, like, Joe, come here, come here, come here, I'm like, okay, you know, what's going on, and he leads me into the bathroom, which is never a great place to get lead. Um, and he leads me in there, and there's a, a kid under the stall, reaching underneath the stall, going, guys, I need toilet paper. And he has poop all over his hands. And he's going, guys, come on, give me some toilet paper. Now, if you know one thing about me is I do not do smells. I do not do poop. I, I don't do any of that. Like, and I start, like, gagging because, you know, I can't smell anything. But I'm like, oh my gosh, what is, we just got here an hour ago, and this kid has poop on his hands, and he's asking for, like, toilet paper underneath, within, like, the, and so I'm getting all the reflexes, doing all that, and about 20 seconds later, everyone starts laughing, and I'm like, what's going on? And and then the kid comes out of the stall, and it's Nutella, and it's a prank. So it's a really funny prank, you know, like, come on, give me toilet paper, and it it was just Nutella. Um, But listen, listen, Uh, a lie believed as truth will affect you as if it was true. A lie believed as truth will affect you as if it were true. Kevin kind of kicked off last week, this series, and he kind of presented this idea that, that, that when we believe a lie deep enough... We will like, believe it and act upon it. John 8, says, He, Satan, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And we're going to be, through this series of identity theft, we're going to be talking about the different lies that we believe We take it as truth, and then we live them out as if they are true, just like me gagging and wanting to throw up, thinking this Nutella was something much worse. But these truths that we tend, or these lies that we tend to believe tend to be much greater than that, right? They affect every aspect of us. They they affect the way we see Jesus. They affect the way we see ourselves. They they affect on, on everything within the world. And when we actually dig into these lies, uh, these lies tend to run deep. They they are lies that we've believed for years and years, maybe since birth, and they they've been there our whole life. And so, when we start to deconstruct, as we start to present these lies that we've taken as, as truth, there's some struggle to it because they're just so ingrained. And honestly, it's only going to take the truth to destroy those lies and to begin the process of living a new truth, living a new reality, living, living how we were supposed to live. John 8:32, "Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." That is what identity theft is all about. are these lies that we have believed. So the first lie we are going to talk about um, is this, that I have to be strong. I have to be strong. We're talking more than when you're a little kid and you're playing a sport and you're told to walk it off, right? When you get hurt. We're not, we're not talking just about like that type of idea of being strong. We're, we're not talking about the idea of being strong on carrying all your groceries in on one trip, Right? We are talking about the things in life where we feel like we have to be strong. We we have to have it all together. We have to hold it all together. We have to prove people wrong. We have to we have to do whatever it takes to accomplish being strong, or at least the perception of being strong. And and we have to look like we have accomplished it because that's that's what we believe is that I have to be strong. Now, a lot of you know this. Uh, I, last time I was up here in March, I announced, you know, Leah, we have our first child on the way, July 4th, coming out with a bang, right? Big deal. Uh, but Leah actually kind of spoke this to me, and she's like, Joe, listen, I need you to be strong. You have to be strong when this baby comes, you know? I have been told that I'm going to see things that are going to scar me. Why are you laughing? I don't. I don't understand. But it's true, right? Like some of you are like, oh, you have no idea what you're in for, right? Um, and, and I've never really seen a birth. I'm pretty sure when I was in like sixth grade, they, they make you watch a video of a birth or something. Uh, great birth control, right? Uh, but he, here's here's the thing. Like Leah's like, you have to be strong. Here's some things she said I have to do. She said this. She said I cannot make jokes right? Anyone that knows me go, oh, you just already failed on that one, right? Like, I can't make jokes. It's going to take some superhuman strength, and to be honest, like, I'm not going to be able to contain myself on those one-liners coming out, you know? Just I She's like, Joe, you have to be strong. You can't make jokes. She also said this. She said, I cannot leave her side, right? You're like, well, what does I have to do with strong? You're like, well, I can't go to the bathroom. I can't do what I want. I have to sit there. I have to, whatever, whatever she's asking for is what, what she wants. She's like, you cannot leave my side. I do not care what is going on. You have to stay there. And then she said this She said, Joe, you have to be strong. You can't complain. You can't complain. Now, if husbands, I, I heard the, the sleeping arrangements for the husbands aren't great, right? Can I get an amen on that? No, I don't know. All all I know is uh, you get a chair, and that's at best. um, Where you sleep in the hospital room during birth, she's like, I don't want to hear you complain unless you're the one pushing out a baby, all right? Uh, And so I can't complain. Here's the biggest one. She's like, listen, you have to be strong. She said, you can't miss the birth, right? She's like, you can't miss birth the birth, and if you know me, I would be that guy that misses my first child's birth. But she's kind of this idea that I have to be strong in the midst of this, but then it runs even deeper. There's things that I've imposed on myself, right? Because I have to be strong is more than what's going to take place in a hospital room. It's because I have to be strong now in the sense of, okay, who has God called me to be as a father? Like, I have to live up to this. And it involves a whole new level and a meaning of what it means to be strong. I have a whole new level of expectations of what I have to live up to now. I have someone else that needs my protection to keep safe, to keep healthy, right? And and so on and so on. And it's this big thing of like, you have to have it all together. You have to have it all figured out. You have to be strong. And then there's moments that as I look to the future, like where I'm thinking about I have to be strong, there's moments in the past where I've kind of lived this lie of I have to be strong. I've talked about this before, but I remember when my dad passed. And this idea that I have to be strong was on me. Now, the, the scenario is that uh, two days before my dad passed, I got promoted into a new job. I was taking a ministry that was four times larger than what I had. And I was taking this new job, and all of a sudden, two days later, my, my dad passed. And you're like, oh my goodness, what is going on? And I, I just specifically remember getting into this phase of like, I have to be strong. I have to do these things. Like, I had new responsibilities, and I couldn't let this life event affect my ministry, because I have to be strong. I have to be strong, and, and to a whole nother level that I felt called that I had to do his funeral and so all of a sudden, I had to pull everything. I had to pull all my emotions. I had to pull all my thoughts. I had to keep it all together because what if, what if that if I wasn't strong enough to lead out this ministry? Or what if, in the midst of, of going through this mourning or grieving, people began to look at me and question my God? Like, I had to be Strong. What if people started viewing my God differently because of the way I reacted because I didn't have it all together and they saw my faith as weak? What if they saw me as weak? And so as we talk about this lie, it runs in so many different ways and I believe it's so rooted within us that we just live it out and we don't even question this idea that is that the idea of I have to be strong, a lie. Let's look at some of the areas in our life that sometimes we have to feel like we have to be strong. Uh, Let's think of this. Uh, Sometimes the idea of I have to be strong, uh, this idea of being emotionally strong, right? We have to hold it together for the sake of the family. We have to be strong because no one else can be emotionally strong during this tough time. We have to be emotionally strong because we don't want our kids to see or our friends to see, like, what was really happening behind the scenes. We have to be emotionally strong in our marriage because we don't want other people to figure out what's actually going on. And guys, like, I, I am right there. I, I've, I've lived this lie, but I have to be emotionally strong or I am weak or I'm seen, seen as a walkover, or, or I, can't, I can't be seen crying. And so this idea of emotionally strong, that I have to have that, or how about this provisionally strong? I have to make a lot of money, because money allows me to have control, and control makes me look strong. I have to be able to provide for my wife or my girlfriend and their needs and wants because if I don't, then I am seen as unweak or unable. I have to feel secure. I have to be able to get what I want when I want. It's this idea of provisionally strong that, that we have to go climb this mountain and I have to be this person or I have to be spiritually strong. I have to be the strongest in my faith with God. And if I ever question or doubt or if I don't have an answer, people might see my faith as weak. And then during difficult times, even when I'm hurt, even when I look hurt, people might think I'm mad at God. I have to say all the right things, even though maybe sometimes I don't feel them. I have to be spiritually strong because if I don't, how can my kids do it? How can my wife do it? How can my family do it? How can my husband do it? And the last one, I, I think, is professionally strong. Professionally strong is more of this image, right? Because what I do is who I am. So I need to do what I do best and be the strongest. Strongest. I need to achieve. I need to strive. I, need to, and I don't want to be weak. I don't want to fail. I, I, I need to live up to expectations that I put on myself. And a lot of times those things of I have to be strong, no one's telling us that we have to do those things, but we tell ourselves those things. And when we hear this in life, that I have to, to be strong, I, I think we all understand this idea when it comes to strength and strong within all the different categories, we all know this, that our strength is limited. Our strength is limited, right? It's revolutionary. Your strength on all those different categories is limited. They all have a point where you get to, and it breaks. And, and the fact isn't that everyone in this room, as I look at that statement, like wouldn't disagree with me. The fact is that we believe that statement for someone else. Because there's always a part of us, no matter the category that we covered, where we come to a point where we believe this lie and we judge ourselves when we enter into a season or we enter into a thought process where we're going to have everlasting strength. We just haven't accessed it yet. We just haven't accessed it yet. It's like a crazy parent who lifts a car off a kid, right? Like, well, when it gets to that point, I can do it. That when I need it, I can do it. And so our understanding, our strength is limited. You're like, okay, I I get that. But really, what ends up happening is that we're not, like, worried about the idea of our strength being limited. We're afraid of our weakness being exposed, That's really what we're afraid of. Because the truth is that weakness is discovered when the limit of your strength is found. No matter the category. Weakness is discovered when the limit of your strength is found. And for most of us, we will never let ourselves get to that point. At least not publicly. Because I have to be strong. We live in a world where... We can't let our weakness be found or shown. We can't let others see it. And we don't want to feel it. No matter what area of your life, marriage, school, money, relationships, family, mental health, disability, uh, church, situations, tragedies, hurt, trials, we don't want others to see our weakness. And when we live that way, we live the lie that I have to be strong. We live on our own power. We live not trusting God because, listen, God is the complete opposite. Here's the truth for today. God's strength is unlimited. God's strength is unlimited. And you're like, oh, revolutionary, Joe. Like, that's awesome. That's great, right? But listen to these verses. First Corinthians 125 says for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength the weakness of God is stronger than your strength now if God ever had a weak moment which i don't believe he does right theologically we that's a great he doesn't have Weak moments. God doesn't get tired. God doesn't get weary. But just kind of think about this God's weakest moments for provisional strength is still stronger than yours. God's weakest moments for emotional strength is still stronger than yours. God's moments of uh, weakest moments of spiritual strength is still stronger than yours. His physical strength is still stronger than yours. His professional strength, right? Still stronger. Than yours. We understand that God is not weak. God doesn't have weak moments. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. That, that is the duh statement to understand God. But why do we still rely on our own strength then? Why? We still live that way. We still live this lie. Isaiah 40. Uh, verses 30 and 31. It's actually probably 29 through 31. It says this. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk walk. And not be faint. I love the book of Isaiah. So book of Isaiah, just quick chapter. chapters one through thirty five are prophetic, saying what was to come? chapters thirty six through 39 are historic, saying what was happening, like the Babylonians, all that, taking over, destroying Jerusalem. And then you start 40, and that's messianic. That's the, the coming of Jesus, the coming of the kingdom, what, what God was going to do with the world. And he starts off in 40, talking about this hope and the strength that he will bring When we rely on him, I love this idea that he says, even youth will grow weary. He talks about young men stumble and fall. And they use that very specifically, saying, the top, the cream of the crop, as we would call it, the people that you would expect to hold it all together, the ones that would go out and fight battles, the ones that would provide, the ones that would do everything and anything, the ones that outrun you, all that stuff, they're going to grow tired, they're going to grow weary. Even they do, they're going to stumble, they're going to fall. Chapter 40 is all about hope, comfort, and strength for God's people when they rely on him. Because God said to this, who does he give strength to? The weary. He increases the power to who? The weak. He doesn't give strength to the people who say, I have it to be strong, or I have it all together. He gives it to those who recognize their weaknesses, recognizes their lack of strength. And he confirms all that as he goes through Isaiah 40, and and he talks about the coming kingdom and everything he's going to provide. Paul confirms this idea within his uh, letter to the Corinthians, and it's a very famous passage. In 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 through 10, he says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness in insults in hardship in persecution and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That is what Paul believed. That is what Paul understood, that that we can only be strong when we allow God's grace to penetrate our weakness, to expose our weakness, to reveal our weakness, for God's strength is going to be shown through our weakness. For God's grace empowers us. It gives us everything we need. We need to take the lie that I have to be strong and we have to come to this point. That when I am weak, that is when God pours out his strength. That when my weakness is found, when I hit my limit, that is where God picks up And we can begin to rely on his strength. I love the songs that we were singing today. It was all about that. Finding your place in in the spot where you're just weak. (laughs) And this idea of you can't live up to this lie that I have to be strong and all we can do is turn to him. So what do we do? So what do we do? Uh, Some of you, including myself in some areas, we're going to continue living this lie. We'll hit our limit, and you'll, we'll ignore it. We'll push through. We'll hurt other people. We'll hurt ourselves. In the process of believing, I have to be strong. But when we discover, and we kind of notice ourselves going through this, all I, all I ask is this. Come back to the thought today and ask the question Am I believing a lie? Is this who God has called me to be? Because I believe we're all going to be in that situation at some point. And then some of you have always thought, You are the strong one. I have, right? But the truth is, I am not. You are not. God is. The identity of who we think we are in Him needs to change. And the first thing that I want you guys to know is that God's identity is being strong. Because that is who He is. That's His identity. He is all powerful. And we need to believe that, that God's identity is being strong. Your identity is to lean into his strength in the midst of your weakness. Your identity is to lean into, this, into his strength in the midst of your weakness. Why is this so important? So what? It's very like, thought, like what does that even look like? Because the truth is, when we lean into his strength, when we are feeling weak, And we can trust that God's identity is that he is strong, that he has unlimited strength when we trust that. The truth is God always, always gets the glory. He always gets the glory when we turn to him. God always wins. He always wins when we give up control, when we let go of our pride of I have to be strong. When we give him the right heart The right motives and the open hands, because we did everything we can, we turn to him, and God always gets the glory. And here's the big one. You'll find that you will worship God through your weakness. You will worship God through your weakness, and you can't worship God believing I have to be strong, or I am strong enough. We have to come to that point where all we can do is be still. All we can do is drop to our knees and praise. All we can do is worship because we believe the truth that God has unlimited strength. We believe the identity that God is all-powerful. Think of moments we've talked about professionally Emotionally, the physically, the provisionally, the spiritually, right? If we just stopped living that lie that I have to be strong, and we believe that God's identity was that he was all strong, our life would look totally different, and ultimately, within our weakness, God will be worshiped. God will get the glory because he's the famous one within our weakness. He's the one who gets known within our weakness. Listen, I, maybe you are, are carrying this burden, or, or maybe you don't fully understand this. I, I pray that God would reveal this truth, this lie to you, um, and, and the idea that, that God is all, all powerful, powerful. But if you think about it, that God is the one who carries the strength. What he did on the cross showed us that, Right? That Jesus lived the life that we could never live. He was the one that had the strength. He was the one that we we he did the things that we could never do. He was the one that took all of our sin upon him on the way to the cross. He was the one that died the death that we never deserved. And he was the one that showed his strength, showed his power by raising himself from the dead. That's why we say what we say. That is why we say we need to lean in to his strength in the midst of the power because he has demonstrated that strength already to us. And the first step is admitting that he is God and you are not. Admitting that he is king over this kingdom and you are not, that he is all-powerful and you are not. That's probably the first step, or maybe it's just an area of your life Maybe it's just the emotional strength that sometimes you feel like you have to have it all together. And you're like, okay, God, in this situation, I just I need to give it to you. I need to admit my weaknesses. I, I need help because I've been living this lie too long. Relying God's strength. Don't believe the lie that I have to be strong because that is not who you are. That is not who God designed you to be. God designed you to rely on him and his strength. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for speaking to me in the midst of this. And, and God, I just, I pray that as we go through this next day, this month, this week, that I just be reminded of your truth, be reminded of the cross, be reminded of what Jesus did for me, and be reminded that I am nothing without you. So Lord, if there's anyone in this room that, that needs you, that I pray that they would they would have that conversation between you and, and God and that you would begin to mold their heart, transform their mind to help them realize that they don't have to have it all together because you already do. We pray this all in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for coming to service. Uh, We'll see you next week.